Did you know that all modern scent hounds are descendant of the bloodhound? Or that the chihuahua's ancestor, the Tashiji dog, dates back to the Aztecs? Or that a border collie named Chaser knows 1,000 words? You know, the pit bull used to be considered America's dog and was our country's symbol in World War I. Did you know that you could learn all of these facts and more about dogs if you listen to our podcast, We're Getting a Dog? Each week, we go over a different breed's history and what it takes to own it. And we talk a little bit about why we love the breed and try to present each dog in a fair light. You can listen to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you stream podcasts. From the Arcadia Podcast Network. Hi there, listener. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Just so you know, this show contains explicit language and some possible adult themes. Listeners under 13 or anyone who could be offended by the subject matter are given caution. Hello, I'm Wesley Van Hoosen, and this is Good Food for Bad Friends. On this podcast, I'll have a different guest every week to talk about their history with food. Along with each episode, you can find recipes inspired by the featured guest on our website, goodfoodbadfriends.com. Hello all, and welcome back to Good Food for Bad Friends. This week, we're going to start a new arc of this podcast and venture away from the original Bad Friends. This week, my father is the first guest, kicking off some interviews I did with my immediate family this past summer. My dad's name is Steve, and a lot of people know him. Growing up, he was one of the sports reporters on the local news, and he also has had a long career in many different facets of journalism, public relations, and media production. He also taught me most of what I know when it comes to producing. Growing up, dad was truly the cook in the house before I came along. My mother worked longer hours and was usually getting home by the time my father was just getting dinner ready for us. Getting back from school and daycare usually meant a trip to the local corner grocery store, Russ's Market, on 17th and Washington of my hometown of Lincoln. I'd say about half the time when we went in there for what was supposed to be a quick 10-minute grocery trip, my dad would run into someone that he knew and strike up a conversation. I always rolled my eyes at this as a child, but I find now that I do the exact same thing when I run into people I know at the store. Trudging through the same cramped aisles and almost always hitting the meat counter, dad would figure out what we needed for something quick and easy and get me, and eventually my brother too, to the checkout aisle. With any amount of luck, my dad would go through the line of the cashier that gave us free cookies or sodas, just because that's how grocery stores in my hometown were back then. And also because we were in there at least three to five times a week, either for dinner fixins or for donuts on Sunday mornings, also courtesy of my father. Getting home, my dad would quickly get things ready while I ran off to read a book or do my homework. And that was the way it was until I was old enough to be left at home by myself. And I realized that I wanted a larger hand in cooking dinner. My dad happily let me learn alongside him at the grill. Although sadly, I'm not the grill master that he is. He also informed my grandmother that I had an interest in being in the kitchen. And that began what would be the life-changing inspiration that she would give me in regards to food. Before I start you off with the interview, I just want to briefly highlight that my dad's methods in making food are my idea of the quintessential Midwestern man. Well-cut steaks and grill-baked potatoes, quality barbecue rubs, and his charcoal grill. When I visit my dad back in Nebraska during the warmer months, I request that he fire up his grill and make me some ribs. Growing up, rib night was a regular occurrence, and my God, am I glad that it was. There are so many stories and memories flooding back to me as I'm writing this intro, and I don't want to get too carried away that you never hear the interview. So, ladles and jelly spoons, without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the podcast my dear father, Steve Van Hoosen. The first thing I've asked everyone uh, on this podcast, and I think I'm going to keep asking it for everyone else, is what is like your first vivid memory of food? Oh, man. Other than probably too much of it. <laughs> uh, good or bad? Could be either. Well, uh, let's, let's do uh, 
let's do good. Okay. We'll, we'll do the good. Because yep. you were talking to me. You said, well, t- tell me what grandma and grandpa used to make for you and stuff. For sure. Give grandpa credit, man. That guy could make a cheeseburger that was just awesome. Right. And you know the drill. He'd tip the pan with the grease and splash grease up on the cheese. It's, yeah, you got to do, they're butter burgers, right? Uh, I thought, it, yeah, butter burger or some kind of a grease or something, but. It was the cheese that he put on it. I I always thought it was Velveeta because it was just like cheesy goodness all sure, over. Sure, yeah, it was like it might not have been, but Papa Logan could do a cheeseburger that was killer. And I asked him, I said, "Well, Dad, where'd you get that uh, drill down?" And he said, "Well, he worked at the uh, cafe in Osceola, Nebraska." And that's how they used to make a cheeseburger there. So he always did that. Was so, that the same one that we went to that was. Uncle Stan ate a triple bacon cheeseburger in front of me? <laughs> yes, it was. That's crazy. And it was for like a dollar twenty, you know. Oh I mean? god, I can't. And they didn't take even. a debit card. That's right. You had to explain to them what a debit card was. <laughs> and you so were bad. like, a debit card? And you know, your grandmother, she really tried. I think she really liked cooking. Yeah. I think her best thing, she worked with a Hispanic gal and they would make tamales together. And that's very labor intensive. Yeah, that takes a minute. And uh, man, but those tamales were so good. And, you know, you'd pull those out of the steamer or whatever. For sure, yeah. So that was always a kind of a positive thing. And that was that went on for about five years. But, uh, you know, for every good, there was some bad, too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, which we've talked about and i got the absolute worst was the smelt it oh, was the little fish and you know mom and dad they would pretend to be catholic every now and then again sure and so when lent came up they would uh on friday night they'd go out and buy four or five pounds of this smelt and then cook it in cornmeal and grease it up and Ugh. And then you'd sit and eat it like mini corns, you know. Gross. They didn't, you know it was like, oh my was god! Was that the one that is that the fish that has like the teeny tiny bones in it? Too? Yes, Smelt? yep, a little teeny tiny spine Ugh. bones along it. Gross. But okay, so that was not a good thing. And then you know, when there were the four of the kids at home, yeah, you know, mom would try to stretch that food budget out, and she she made meatloaf one time that had so much oatmeal in it. You know, because you'd put oatmeal in some beef to make it. For sure, yeah. It was like too much oatmeal. It was like oatmeal with beef in it? Yes, yes. (laughs) Porridge, you know, just, oh my God. More more ketchup, please. I'd never heard of oatmeal. I always thought breadcrumbs was the way to go, but I suppose oatmeal works too. Yeah, no, lots of oatmeal. And then, I don't know if you can get this cut of meat, but it was a big round cut of meat and it it had a big bone in the middle of it oh yeah yeah Uh, those are i know what you're talking about they're like i use them for like soups can you still get that oh at my grocery store like a swiss steak almost type thing it has like a big bone with marrow on the inside of it yeah yeah i I get those yeah they'd cook that and then she would pour like crushed tomatoes on top of it and then she'd cook mashed potatoes and then what she'd do is you'd have a bed of mashed potatoes yeah and then put a little bit of that meat on there and put some of that tomato gravy on it for sure so you know those were just some things that you know it's like hey man it is what it is uh but we had talked about this earlier my mom and dad were really not into real fine dining you know yeah steak and potatoes right very much so sure yeah now my mom was pretty good at spaghetti sauce and meatballs i don't know where she got a hold of some of those recipes but she's passed those down yeah and i still you know italian's my favorite so i still use what she told me to do you know yeah that's that's one genre of food i got kind of a double whammy on with both grandparents was italian yeah but with her her pasta sauce recipe i use a lot um in the meatballs too i make that quite a bit too yeah yeah i hear you and it's tough to replicate it, you know, because you got to have parsley, sage. Well, not sage. She always would quote the Simon and Garfunkel tune. Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. Right, but not sage. Parsley, no sage, rosemary, thyme, and... and oregano? Oh, lots of oregano. Yeah, they yeah. just couldn't work that into the tune. It's too many syllables. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what rhymes with... Well, you could find something that rhymes with oregano, I guess. But no, she'd always do that and... 
She was really, really good at that. And her meatballs were really good too. She always said, don't ever just stick your meatballs in the sauce, man. You got to get a coat. You got to pan fry those. Yeah, that's that's what she taught me to do. It's like you just coat them in flour and fry them up because yeah. the sauce will stick a little bit better yeah. to and it. And breadcrumbs. Make sure you put breadcrumbs in to keep it sticking. An egg, a yep, couple eggs. Yeah, and an egg. Yeah, it's, oh yeah. It's it's so, all, yeah, it's very classic. So I, she passed that along to you too. She gave, I have a lot, of, I have that recipe. I've got the sugar pie recipe. Which you were the only one, you know, your Aunt Pam can on occasion do those. But you've got it down, and I think you've kind of tweaked that to work. I think the, I don't know, I think the overlying theory I have is that she didn't, she might have made a change to the measurements, uh -huh. or she just, like, didn't make, she made the recipe from memory so much that it written down it didn't work. Yeah. But yeah, no, that, that one, that one was a, that was hard to do, because it's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I figured it out before she passed away. I was gonna say, how many failures of sugar pie did you have? God, I mean, I feel like at one point every year we'd make two because we'd have a fuck up one, yeah. and then we'd have a one that was actually right. Yeah. But I mean, for a few years, I feel like I made sugar pie, and it never, maybe three years, it never came out right. And then I, once I learned a little bit more about cooking, I realized I just needed to up the flour. It's like, oh, it's just not. That's what it's it just is. Not thickening when yeah. it's baking. We uh we were in Nashville, Tennessee a couple years ago and we went to a place to have lunch and I'll be damned they had sugar pie. They didn't call it sugar pie, they called it Indiana pie or something. It's yeah. But I saw it sitting there, I'm like, honey, I said, That's sugar pie. I gotta have a piece of that and I'll be damned. It was pretty it was pretty close. I've had a version of it, it came from Amish country and it was very close to it also. It it was like missing some of the same taste like mm -hmm. it didn't have the really heavy like nutmeg flavor yeah. but that's key to that I that's think, for too. that recipe that that's and, the, and the cooking of it you've got the cooking uh down it's yeah that one i was very pleased with myself when i yeah, that it's out. tough <laughs> that is a tough one because you know after you have a few failures of that you're just saying oh screw it let's go to perkins well and, and it's a it's such a random it's such a random pastry too because so many people haven't heard of it and i've introduced it to a lot of people who like it and what's their reaction it's like well this is a custard -based. that's what everyone says to me like so it's a custard this is a custard pie yeah. and i'm like sure i don't know what that means <laughs> like we'll call it that i guess that's not what my grandma told me no i mean i i guess it's a custard pie I, I don't know. Someone called it pudding pie once. I'm like, it's yeah. not quite pudding. It's a little bit more than that. But yeah. it's, but for people listening who don't know what sugar pie is, sugar pie, it's just like a plain baked crust. And then inside of it, you, so what goes in is evaporated milk, sugar, and nutmeg. And that's about it. It's a pretty simple yeah, recipe. And, uh, and then you just, you bake it until it solidifies into this really like, just like gooey, I don't know. It's really, it's just good. It's sweet. Yeah. It's it's kind of the uh, holiday pie. It is, man. The holidays just aren't complete if you don't get over here and make one of those for us because you know, I screw them up so bad. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the holiday pies at McDonald's. It's like akin to a holiday pie. <laughs> yeah. It's like pudding yeah. inside of a crust. But yeah, you know, the sugar pies are the ones that I, that was the tough one to figure out for me. But You got it though. You've come the closest of all of us. Such a random recipe. Yeah. Yep. You have. Absolutely. So, um, other things. So like when you were growing up, so you're the youngest of, oh, yes. of the, your clan. And so what was like a typical, like get it on the table fast meal in your house growing up? I mean, I, I know that like the dynamics were kind of changing mm -hmm. at, your, at the point you were growing up because Pam was moving out. Right. And I was about 10 years old when my oldest sister, when she moved out, she yeah. was uh, 18. Sure. Yeah. But uh, goulash, I would say goulash was something that, <laughs> oh, wow. you know, uh, would be pretty regular. Right. Because, you know, when all of us were at home, you could make a shit ton of this stuff. And uh, and it would go all week, which That's... leads leads me to a, And I'm sure I've told you this story. I had a buddy uh, that had a couple brothers and mom and dad. His mom and dad were always working, busting their ass. They had a big. God, I want to say it's two, three gallon pot. And once a week, they'd make a pot of whatever, chili, goulash, soup, whatever. That pot would sit on that stove all week. And when everybody came home, they'd just reheat it. And I would never eat that because I'm like, man, that just isn't right. 
That's going to make you sick. <laughs> but they would never put it in the fridge because everybody in that family was coming and going sure. all the time. And I get the concept of it, but it just wasn't healthy. No, and I feel like that's that's not the smartest way to do that. Yeah, I mean, they were good folks. You know, we grew up out near park. We didn't have shit. Nobody out there did. But we had other families and we all had friends and everybody knew where you were at right they couldn't find you they'd just go to the neighbor's house and say yeah where, where's everybody at tonight oh they sure um but no another go-to for mom and dad was uh beans and cornbread oh. beans and cornbread you know and, and especially in the fall and winter and it was just always so funny because mom and dad were paid every other week so right. that first week of payday we ate pretty damn good right that second week uh oh here comes the smelt yeah. Here comes the here comes the uh, bean soup. But, the, the, ham, know, the ham here and comes the ham the hock cheap bean stuff. soup. <laughs> but no, they did the best they could. And then, you know, like you're saying, when everybody kind of grew up and moved out, we ate out a lot. That's sure. when mom and dad they really like to eat out. They yeah. like to dine out. And then then you got less of what they were cooking at home. And you know, every now and again mom would break out the cube steak with flour <laughs> yeah worcestershire sauce on it. was yours cube steak mine was ground beef when i had that growing up it was probably beef the it way was, that you know, yeah no the way i remember it was like it was ground beef that was then like fried in a pan with flour and then you ate it with worcestershire sauce and watery mashed potatoes that's like a very vivid food memory yeah, for me lots as a kid. of stuff on the grease lots yes, of greasy lots stuff. of grease well you know it's how f- it's i feel like that's how just food was you yeah. know it was there wasn't really a mind we for didn't that have an air yet. fryer back then no or a or a deep did you have a deep probably not a deep fat fryer either. uh it was a big kettle that uh, they okay. just pour you know it oh, was just like old yep. school yep. fryer yeah but she'd have the thermometer in there to make sure and yeah yeah and she did some good stuff out of the grease too i mean you know like onion rings and and breaded shrimps oh that yeah you know they... i always do i always do like um mm, i haven't done fried chicken in a long time but oh, i don't know pan fried chicken yeah. yeah that was another thing wesley sundays that was a treat pan fried chicken yep did they ever do like fish or anything like that i always feel Rarely. like they had a weird i think all the kids probably said screw that you know maybe yeah. dad didn't like it either but i always thought that Maisie had like this weird love of fish but she like, did no she liked catfish really dad did. liked catfish there was a place here in town that made red snapper with almonds on top and that shit was good sounds like a, a very uh kind of almost southern kind of, yeah it's funny too because i feel like nowadays that would be like a revival recipe that would yeah. be like a that would be like a uh, like a vintage wasn't bad thing yeah red snapper with some like yeah so yeah but no, not a lot of fish, but a lot of deep fat fried stuff. For sure. Um, let's see, what else? Uh well, I wrote out some newer things too for the family. So um uh I'm really interested to know what food was like trendy when you were because like in my time, you know, just as a cook, as a server, I've seen, you know, avocados are like all the rage or yep. kale. One year, kale was in fucking everything. Yeah. Like, was there ever a food that came out and wow. you were growing up that was like, this is the new fangled thing and oh, you got to have you it? You know, not that I remember. I, I guess I'd have to think about that for a little bit. Sure. This is really going to age me, but when I was a kid, McDonald's was just really getting like crazy popular and expanding and and that was kind of a treat too you know we'd go and get groceries on saturdays and there was a mcdonald's next to the you know so but that's not really kind of what you're looking for here i mean i don't know man i trendy type stuff i always i don't know like one thing i always think about is like how for a while a lot of people would cook things in like jello like that was something oh, that was popular Lord. or, you know, just like a lot or like putting weird things in food. Like I see a lot of recipes out of the seventies where the people put olives in everything Yeah, or they put like pickles in everything. And it's well, just like, 
why are all these weird flavors going in these foods? <laughs> <I'm> yeah. Like, <laughs> like and thank God that we're not putting carrots in jello. Hopefully that. Oh my God. No, that yikes. that came up in another episode too. That's the, really, yeah. Cause we were talking about somebody actually likes that. No, we were talking about like church salads that you get, like, yeah, you know, absolutely. like frog eye salad, marshmallow fluff salad, oh, frog eye salad, man. They love it here at home. I just can't stand that stuff. <laughs> oh. Um, okay. The only thing I can really think of in that regard is fondue in the seventies. Oh wow, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Let's uh, you know, let's dip our meat into the and it's like, oh Jesus. It's, there's a fondue restaurant right by my apartment. Really? Yeah, but it's the only place. <laughs> it's like there's one yeah. fondue place fondue. and it's that one. It's like thirty five bucks. You get a three course fondue meal. Wow. It looks really good. Yeah. Like, let's fondant. Okay. God, fondue just makes my intestines quiver. Oh. It's just like asking for trouble. I don't know. It's too much work. It's it's I guess it's a funny fad to me. It didn't kind of come back to yeah, when I, I was a kid. Like, didn't mom yeah, have we a had, fondue yeah. pot? We or? might have got. We might. Your mother and I may have gotten a fondue kit for uh, a wedding gift. It didn't come out of that box very much, and when it did, we'd put chocolate in it and then let you and your brother dip shit oh in the. God, that's right. <laughs> You'd give us like a plate of strawberries and pound cake. <laughs> Well, yeah. you, you knew too and i always it's so funny because miles and i talk about this all the time growing up just like eating it's like when if there was chocolate fondue it's like there was either a celebration or i don't know it's it just like deal, it, it, it? either that or or mom and dad just really wanted chocolate fondue yeah. too and that's what how we got chocolate well, fondue. Um, you could probably blame us for your affinity for sweets man we oh i blame i never everyone. really met a sweet i didn't like I, I don't know. For me, sweets, it's it changes as I get older. I used to really like candy, and I don't really eat candy anymore. Like and candy then bars? Or? Candy bars or fruit like Skittles or oh, shit like God. that. And oh, then it Jesus. switched to I loved sour things for a really long time. Yeah. Weren't you into the uh, peach, chewy peach things, or was that Miles? Haichu? No, no. Oh, the, sh- the, the peach rings. Those, Those were yeah. That was me. Okay. The, sh- the sugared peach Whoa. rings? Yeah. Yeah. Are you still are those? Oh, okay. No, yeah, God. I, I it's so funny when um I was working at the restaurant before all this shit happened with the world. Uh, we had a drink, um that was basically like a peach martini, and Did the garnish. Like well, it was supposed oh, the to. Garnish the garnish was... was the peach ring, and all the servers would eat peach rings all the time out of the little bin they came <sighs> in. And I'm just like, I can't fucking eat another peach uh-uh. ring. Like. I cannot do it. I used to love gummy candy. Miles does too. Yeah, he does. But I don't know. I think for me, it's I. I've really kind of switched into really enjoying savory food a little yeah. bit more. But yeah, I think it's just because from it's just from cooking and you yeah. know. Well, and being know around things, a nice so. restaurant like that too, you do which, you do get a, you do get spoiled with the restaurant yeah. food. I do miss that. <laughs> being being here in the beef cattle country, you know, we were talking about this earlier tonight. I mean. With this whole COVID stuff and, you know, people are realizing how huge restaurants are now, now that they're closed or not coming back or what. I mean, it's like these places serve a shit ton of beef and chicken and just, I think I saw a stat, it's like 52% of every of all the meat that's produced runs through a restaurant. And I don't think people realize that. No. And I mean, it's, it's. It's one thing to, you know, I I feel like it's hard for people to think about that, too, because when you go into a restaurant, a lot of the time, you know, if you're in a big city, you're paying a lot of money for one food item and you think, oh, well, most people probably don't order this because it's whatever. But let me tell you what, working in restaurants, people order the, you know, burger is always being ordered or salmon. Salmon's a huge one. That's like the healthy option for everyone. Salmon, the universal healthy option. Interesting. But no, I mean, restaurants... I mean, on a. We need to get them back, man. It'll it'll happen. It's gonna be it's gonna be weird in bigger cities, I think, because a lot of capital's been lost on some private restaurants. A lot of private places have shut down, mm-hmm. and so right now, the, all that's left is the corporate sector. Yeah. So we're gonna have kind of a corporate ruled restaurant industry, yeah. I think, for until a year it gets or so. stabilized and get till investors are able yeah. to get back into that game because it takes a lot of time and money too to open up. A restaurant. Oh, it's so I funny. can't imagine. If people people always ask me if you know, like, oh, do you know when you're going to go back to work? It's like I'll know because people will have already been there for two weeks prepping to reopen yeah. it. Like, it's just it's a crazy industry, and it's so crazy to watch. Yeah. Like, 
I, you know, I commend people though for doing. I the, absolutely do too for doing what they're doing because it's you know it's it's hard to run a restaurant period, let alone yep. you know to keep it afloat in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, I can't even imagine. Um, so, uh, yeah, I I think that's an interesting point though because it's something that I think even home cooks do. You know, we 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 don't really see that other side of the food industry beyond the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think now to a lot of people, it's becoming increasingly more important to know where their food is coming from. And, um, I don't know. It's just, I've never heard of a situation where there was a surplus of food. Yeah. That's so that's like, that's not the thing you think of, I guess, in a pandemic. It's like, you think you're going to run out and all of a sudden these farmers are like, we have a lot of stuff. They, they, uh, a lot of the, you know, pig farmers yeah. here in Nebraska had to had to euthanize, you know, and they're down 56% over a year ago. So, yeah, man, we just, you know, people try to, you know, I think with the pandemic and everything, people are trying to cook better at home. And if they're anybody, if everybody's like me, it's like, yeah, screw it. I can't match what, you know, I, I we still like to go out and eat. And, yeah. And so, yeah. Well, and I think the other thing, too, is that the cooking in the pandemic is a weird thing because so many people are so afraid of indulging during this. I think some people really have that fear. They're like, I'm home all the time. I'm already in a space where I'm prone to eating food that I shouldn't be eating. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I ran, you know, in Those the first pandemic pounds, the first, the first like three, two, three months of pandemic was just like going to the fridge. It's just, you know, like it was just out of sheer boredom. Yeah. Like, and str- it, it stressed me yeah. out at first. It's like, I don't want this shit. I'm yeah. going to do everything I can not to. And now it's like, it's almost like, okay, it's here. You might get it and everybody probably will get it. Who knows? But yeah. uh, I just hope I can survive it. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. it's it, it, the way that it's, it looks more and more too, is that people, the degrees of separation between people are starting to dwindle yeah. with coronavirus, but Shoot. I don't know. It affects, it affects everything. And, you know, I've, I would before this podcast stuff, I was just a server and now that that whole market's just upended. Yeah. So. But it's tough being a server. You can't say you were just a server. I mean, those it's, are, those are key people. It's a job. Key for people. Sure. I enjoyed it though. It was, I got to talk to people. Well, you all must day. be good at it. You haven't called home for money. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> some of that FEMA money came in. Yeah, there so. you go. Um, were you like, did you spend a lot of time home alone as a kid? Um, not not really because by the time you know the older brothers and sisters had moved i was kind of starting to go out more with my friends and right you know i was eighth ninth grade and god i had a couple friends who were already driving and stuff so um you know not really not really Mm -hmm. um so yeah i didn't spend a whole lot of time at home by myself my question was if there was like ever a food because i know i had this food growing up with you and mom which was like what is the one thing you're allowed to cook by yourself at home with no adult supervision you know she'd let me make spaghetti because she told me how you know and i'd i'd make that you know and it wouldn't be very good because i'd rush it and stuff and that's you just can't hurry through that right 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 she let me do pretty had pretty much free reign you know and a big thing for me was running the the charcoal barbecue Mm. when i got to the point they let me do that and i didn't burn anything down they were good (laughs) so yeah which I, I love barbecuing today. I, yeah. I've i got a Weber kettle and, you know, and I really like to cook briskets out there. And that's an all-day cook, man. I yeah, mean, yeah, you're up for at sure. two in the morning. and But that's what's so fun about it, you know, controlling the temperature of those Weber kettles with charcoal. And I know that the pellet grills are really popular right now. I'm just not into that, man. I, I like that charcoal flavor, and I like controlling that charcoal heat. Yeah. And indirect heating, and I've got a couple of utensils that I put out in my grill that really do a nice job of that. And and so yeah, I do I do like to barbecue, and I'm I'm going through a brajol thing. I made that for the first time. I probably told you about that. Yeah, I looked I looked it up. So it's weird. What did you find? I mean, the thing that I found about it is that anything out. can be stuffed into this and rolled up into this meat. Yeah, it's all over the board. It seems like yeah, it's the like one I found all kinds of stuff. It was up just like it. a butterflied meat that was stuffed with cheese, and yep. then it's got red sauce poured over. Right. It looked really good. I mean, I'd never heard of it. Too. Yep, I uh, I kind of went simple the first time I did it, 
just with some breadcrumbs and some Italian seasoning and some Parmesan and rolled that up and put that in the pan just to get that coating on it. And then I dropped it in the tomato sauce, the what they call the Italian Sunday sauce, which is, you know, yeah, spaghetti sauce. For sure. But I'm kind of wanting to, you know, the one thing that was constant and everything that I saw was it was all Italian based. It all, it, you ended up putting that meat in tomato sauce or, or an Italian sauce. Right. And what I was thinking about doing was maybe trying to, you know, make a light barbecue sauce and then rolling some other things in that meat, like some bacon yeah. uh, or bacon and cheese or something and kind of do a, uh, you know, a barbecue type sure, take yeah. on it. Or maybe even an Asian, you know, like kind of simulate an egg roll in the meat and then put a light Szechuan sauce or something. I mean, it'd be it. good if you made kind of like a, if it was almost like a, um, Gosh, like if it had like veggies that were like cabbage, carrots, onions, kind of the typical Asian fare, I feel like. Yeah. But, I mean, that's one of those you things. You think something like that would, would be tasty? I would do it. I think the way I would t I would do it would be almost like a, I don't know, because I, I would want to do like it with mashed potatoes somehow. Oh, so I okay. would think maybe like a roast chicken version. Yeah. You could like roll stuffing into it yep, or something. You could pound or... some chicken out and do it. I was just kind of thinking about beef, but no, I've I've seen chicken and but yeah, it turned out it's really traditionally good. beef, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it turned out really good. It was it was very tender, you know, because I cooked it in that sauce for probably a couple hours. Yeah. And I was surprised. That was my first take on it. I was like, wow, okay. Maybe I can expand this. And yeah. so uh, I'm going to try to do some different things with that. But it was very tasty, you know, and I used, you know, different cuts of meat, too. I've noticed people use different cuts. I think I sliced up some top round and and uh, made little mini ones. But I've seen people make these huge damn, you know, they're like almost like a meatloaf looking type thing. <laughs> like Yule log of meat. Yeah, Yule log. Absolutely. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I have to say I've never had that before. I with Italian food, I'm I'm very uh there's like a few things I I'm really good at making and it's just like lasagna, pasta like red sauce, meatballs. Yeah. Um you do a nice uh cheese stuffed uh Oh, the shells or shells, the manicotti? Yeah, yeah man, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you do a nice job with I that. I like the manicotti. I don't make it too often anymore just because I can't eat that much cheese, but like really? Oh man. It's dairy uh, has reared its ugly head on me uh -oh. now. It's it's pretty uh I mean, I can eat some cheeses. I can eat like the drier, sharper cheese, okay. but if, you know, we start going into like ricotta Creamier land type that's stuff gonna be, like, uh, that doesn't process very well that's gonna be um a commitment for sure <laughs> that's it a was, commitment you made that for us one night uh when we had taken a vacation to colorado we had that cabin that's the very first thing i cooked for and you guys you I made think. that yeah. and i was like damn this is pretty good and it's so funny too because i didn't use salt i <laughs> didn't like you know i didn't know like i grew up in the don't salt your food generation so yeah. like or in that in that it's probably time. good though wesley i mean really oh i salt my food now well i yeah. don't use like i use kosher salt for everything because it's got it's not as like yeah. chemical tasting but gotcha. <laughs> um but yeah no, i remember that though we stayed in a cabin that was kind of tucked away it was I really liked that cabin. That damn raging river was in our backyard. And the, where there was a bear, too. Yeah, well, they told us there was a bear. And there probably was. But here, Miles was, what, five, six years old. And your mother about shit her pants when the guy said that. So we had to make sure we kept our eyes on you. And you always, when we went on vacation, you'd call me like a nervous freak or something. Because I always had to keep an eye on you guys. I always had to know what. I you, called you a worry wart. Yeah, it was like. I'm know. the same way. And at Disney, it was really bad because you had a shit ton of people. And it was like, I don't want to put a leash on these kids. But then again, you know, I don't want them getting away from us. Disney's a weird thing, though, where you don't really want to lose track of your people there because it's, it's. I can't imagine. Good God. I mean, I'm sure the staff there are extremely helpful in with that kind of thing. This is one I wanted to ask you guys, you and mom specifically. Um, how did becoming a parent change your like how you bought food, how you cooked. Like, was there ever like a solid change from when you uh, were like pre-children to post-children? Not really. You know, your mother always kind of let me do the grocery shopping. But 
you know, I will say, your mother introduced us all to some really good Asian stuff. Yeah, that's. I yeah. mean, she had the authentic stuff, and your your aunt, you know this to be true. Your aunt spent a little more time in the kitchen than your mother did growing up. Yes. Yeah. And boy, she really picked up on some of this stuff, and I can do some of it, but. But no, your mother did introduce us to some really good Asian stuff. But no, I would be the one that went out and did the grocery shopping. And then just the way it was, your mother had a job where she worked till 630 most of the time. And it was like you had been, you know, you'd gotten off of school at, what, 334? Yeah. And I'd go get miles from the daycare and you guys were hungry. So I would end up doing a majority of the cooking. Sure. And so I'll be real honest, man. It was, you know, tuna tetrazzini, you know. What's fun what's so funny though is that I um one thing I have a vil- like a vivid memory about I think was that I was bored in the hours I was home by myself. Uh-huh. And oh, I can understand that. You know, that was one of the reasons why I, I like to volunteer to cook because I was like, it, it literally gives me something to do. Yeah. And I think the other thing, too, is I, I like to think that we were all sort of blissfully unaware of what processed least, food was yeah, doing. Yeah, and at least we were putting, you know, ground turkey in it. We ate a lot of ground turkey. Yeah. Which I, it's so funny. I can never find frozen ground turkey anymore. Yeah, I know. It's tough. It it's really like, is. Where's the turkey that came in the little tube? Yeah. That's <laughs> like, where's the cheap ass thing of oh, turkey? Oh, man. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, though. That time, though, like when Miles was really young and I was kind of a preteen, cooking was just like an outlet because yeah. I didn't have. You were into it. Well, I didn't really have a hobby. I there mean, for a while, I thought you were going to get into that. I really did. You had talked about it and we had looked at some places. and it's, Yeah, I thought that might be where you're going. It's tough because I. I realized really early on that I didn't want to become bitter about it. And I knew that if I made it my profession, I would probably become bitter. Yeah. I mean, I would. It it is. I mean, being a chef is worlds away from being a cook. You learn so much stuff you may not even need to know. And to me, I enjoy cooking as a learning experience. And it's like, I don't want to pay a lot of money to go to a school and make food that's too pretty to eat yeah like that just doesn't that never did appeal to me it's like you know the presentation yeah i'll skip it i just you know i mean you know kudos to the to the chefs that's an art are yes but for me it was always you know about home cooking and friends and family not impressive restaurant touring type of thing but i don't know it's it's one of those things where i avoided it for a long time as a career option because i was afraid i would hate it in the end and i didn't want to do that to myself i hear you man but i mean it's interesting though too because i always say this to my friends for a long time i was sort of sequestered to making desserts in the house you're good at it yeah that was my job for a long time yeah you're good at it getting back to that sugar pie thing and like i said you figured that out your apple pie is good. That's really good. And then you you grabbed, you know, your grandma's fudge recipe and made yep. that happen. That's and Christmas, every Christmas is fudge. Yeah, she'd make fudge on a whim if she had like a chocolate craving. Made fudge. That was Just, the first thing she ever taught me how to cook. Was yep. fudge, and it yep. was my job. What <laughs> this shows the stark difference in grandparents. My job at at Mana's house was to uh cut the marshmallows cut the marshmallows yeah. and mix it with the chocolates my job at papa browning's house was to cut the vegetables with a knife so yeah. it's like the two dynamics were so and i remember surprise i remember telling her that once being like papa browning lets me cut with a chef's she knife shit her pants, didn't oh she? she she was like i would never let you do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she uh, yeah i don't know she she respected him a lot but i don't think she really agreed that i should be handling no, she was the 10. type where she Talk about a paranoid freak, you know. She was that way with everything. Yeah. Everything. Interesting. I know. I always felt like when I was a little bit older, if I did something that would worry her, but I knew I would be okay. It's like, yeah, I just did it anyway. I did. It's like, oh, I know that's going to make her really nervous and I feel bad, but it's like, I'm fine. Yeah. She, she was that way, man. There's no doubt. No doubt about it. Did um, Papa Logan bring a lot to the table as far yeah. as cooking? Or? Not really. No. Not really. Um, he did. A, he had a. He did some good goulash. He did the grill every now and again too. He'd I do the grill. <laughs> he would. Yeah. He. This guy. Wow. What a personality. 
you know. And know. now that he's gone, I really I miss him. I miss mom and dad, but but dad was just a goofball. You know, this this man, he would try. He, you know, he'd make fun out of everything. You know, he'd make fun out of everything. He, and, yeah, and he'd be, he'd have fun out at the grill. You know, he bought this little hibachi. And he just swore by this thing, you know, and he'd set, he'd have to almost get on all fours to cook a hamburger. <laughs> it was so funny. And I'd be like, dad, put that at least on a table. Oh, hell no. You, you gotta, he'd call it the squat and squint club. He also called it the high bitchy. Yeah. Yeah. He, that was he one just, I heard a lot as a kid. But no, he was good on the grill. Um, but I remember he didn't really he didn't really cook a lot. No. Well, he really didn't. I feel like that kind of might be a it could be a product of that generation too. Yeah, and he worked a job where he was on his feet 8 10 hours a day. Yeah. And he got home and I mean, you know, and I can appreciate this now when I was younger I'd be like, god damn, how could he come home and just sit around and and I get it, you know, he was pooped. Yeah. And so Maisie did a lot of that cooking and you know, another thing about those two, they would have a cup of coffee at dinner every night. They'd get home from work and make coffee. And coffee would be their drink for dinner. I feel like not iced it. tea, not a glass of water. They <laughs> would drink coffee with their dinner, no matter what it was. I, you know, I have to wonder if that's just like either generational or if it's a taste thing but i don't know i get a lot of that's so funny you say that because anytime i would serve someone elderly or older would they go there with that eight o'clock at night it's yeah. like can i have a cup of decaf and i'm like i have to make a whole thing of decaf wow. for you but this yeah. one there was one day at the restaurant we didn't have any real coffee we no. only had decaf and we told nobody it was different so i'm like there's gonna be a lot of placebos walking oh, around that, that conference hilarious. today because we had no real coffee and we didn't tell a fucking uh -oh. soul wow usually i would usually i was very i was very good at this is the decaf this is the regular but that day it was like hundreds of covers. I'm like, fuck it, just brew the goddamn decaf. I, don't fucking care. I, I, I have my Starbucks, so they can eat my ass. It was amazing how they would sit and drink coffee for dinner, and you know, dad would sit in the chair, and mom would be laying on the couch, and still by about eight o'clock, they'd still be snoring a little bit, you know. But they were both, you know, they both worked their ass off. They yeah. really did, you know. So. For sure. Did the best they could. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's the one thing I think about, too, with them is that I, you know, I feel like they were very much the type of people that would that wanted to have big family holidays still. Yeah. You know, even though, you know, the family whenever went whatever ways it was going, they were the ones that were always the, yep. the you know, to call everyone back and make sure we were all still like. Yep on some kind of page with are one you another. coming over and that was another opportunity for them to roll the food out and you got that from both sides <laughs> yeah i know how to put out a smorgasbord you know people. both oh sets of parents God. man around the holidays it was just full I, out i just full cr out. I crack up when i think about christmas because christmas was bowls full of things i didn't like so it was like nuts in one bowl yeah. and then like fudge in another and then she'd have black licorice somewhere oh and I'm just lord like, can we put out like some ritz crackers or something yeah <laughs> or some reese's or some, some yeah, kit kats maybe? some summer meat <laughs> well you get that every year to this day god i, I love summer sauce summer though. meat and cheese and little meat on meat the, treat on the fourth of july it's got you've got to have a meat tray <laughs> oh that's funny cheese well, let's keep rolling with holidays, actually. Was there ever, like, a special thing that they whipped yep. up at holidays? Or yep. you cook for holidays nope, now anymore? No, it wasn't. Uh, well, for us holidays, uh, at Christmas, we tried to do a prime rib. Yeah. And we were never able to afford that growing up. Uh, a lot of ham. We had a lot of ham. A um, couple Christmases, it was steaks. Big thing for uh, the deal over at our place, they would always get their hands on these bags of sh raw shrimps. And so we'd eat the shrimp and dip and then have the, you know, crackers and cheese. and mm -hmm. But but they would always build it around a shrimp tray. It's a good centerpiece. <laughs> and, yeah. And I mean, you know, and, and then as we got a little older, you know, and in our family, the alcohol was always, and this is probably sad to say, 
The alcohol was always a part of the holidays, too. I mean, if there was a holiday, there was booze. It just, that's just the way it was. Uh, and so, yeah. But, you know, we'd always wash that shrimp down with, you know, the Shasta of choice, you know. Ooh, and, Shasta. I you know, knew Shasta. Yeah, it really wasn't Shasta. It was, you know, a lot of times it was rum or <laughs> rum and Cokes. Rum or, and Coke. Or, you know. Which I have a taste for, actually. That's my Yeah, that's, you get that from me. Choice, you yeah. get that from me. You like that white or the Spiced. gold? Old Spiced, yeah. That Spice be... has a little too much sugar for me. Captain and Coke. Yeah. Or Myers. Myers Dark Rum and Coke is okay. good, too. That's, that's a little... Yeah. Specific. Mom and Dad always had a pretty full liquor cabinet. They didn't drink every night. They didn't drink a lot but you know they always had that stuff in there so yeah but i remember the first time i saw their liquor cabinet it was pretty expansive they, yep, yep i remember i remember it was like a few people came over to the house their old house on first and l um and they were kind of i think it was someone had asked for a drink it might have been like joe or yeah. someone <laughs> Logan's like, well, I don't know how old this stuff is. Uh, true, but... true. And it, it's like, it's. I remember looking at these. Looked like apothecary bottles. I'm it's telling like, you, this is last century. Absolutely like... <laughs> true story. When your grandmother passed away, and we were going through her stuff, yeah, there was an un or a still sealed. There was the seal was still on a bottle of tequila, and I still think I got that to this day, Wesley. I am not shitting you. I can't drink tequila. It kicks my ass. I but I like she tequila. had a bottle of tequila and it did, the seal wasn't even cracked on it. Huh? Was it good tequila? It was. It looked like, like Patron. Like, or... Oh no, no. It was the it was old stuff. Don Julio. That's kind no, of no. It had the red. I mean the yellow label on it. I don't remember. Yellow label. Oh, there wasn't a worm in it. Jose Cuervo. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. That was a queer move. So. That's funny. But no, I always, I always on the holidays, that shrimp tray was always really, really good. I remember the last Van Hoosen shrimp tray I ate with Ethan in its entirety. Wow. We were the only two people that ate it. <laughs> I was maybe 11. Ethan's <laughs> turned in to be a good cook. That's what I hear. He made that smoked queso yes. dip the last yeah. time I was He's here. It was good. so fucking good. He learned that from his granddad on her side. That is actually a food trend right now, too. Smoked so queso. all over Instagram and TikTok, there's smoked queso. You know, and they say you have thing. to eat that in queso emergency. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, it was there. This is why Dylan, <laughs> Dylan's going to hear this. He's going to know where I get my jokes from. This is bad. This is so bad. <laughs> it's fine. Um... <laughs> Gosh, uh, I'm trying to think of so like when did you start grilling? Because I know the one thing I identify you with as yeah. far as food goes is really is a grill Man, guy. Have I, yeah, have I screwed the grill up? Well, you know, like I said, mom and dad let me used they used to let me cook the grill. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when you guys were growing up, I got a well, it wasn't a Weber kettle; it was a Kingsford kettle. I think there's a big difference between a Kingsford and a Weber. Weber is just built better and stuff. But and then I've got a charcoal smoker. So yeah, I've been. I'm. You know, the only thing is with stuff coming off the grill, I like the taste, but I can't do it real consistent. You know. Sure. I just after I've had it, I put. I gotta just like okay, I'm good for a couple three weeks. Yeah, yeah. But when I get a craving for it, man, I'm firing that thing up and we're getting it going. It's. It's it is yeah that's one thing I distinctly remember when I was a kid was we would go outside of our so when I grew up we lived in this three story giant house and it was on 26th and Garfield in Lincoln Nebraska for those of you listening if you're from Lincoln if whoever's listening <laughs> yeah, and Google Maps that you can Google Map it they've redone the house and it's gorgeous on the inside it is that it's, sucks <laughs> I if... looked at it, I was like I was I was uh, uh, FaceTiming with Miles we were like oh my god like this is yeah you know, I let you pretty... guys down in that regard I, oh, I am no. not not Ted Tool time. That's for damn sure. No, but the thing is, is I loved that house though because it had original yeah. woodworking to it, which, which they brought don't back to life anymore. But I remember, so in our backyard, we had this little like kind of cemented area that it was like a cement walkway that led to like this teeny tiny cement patio, which was where the girls sat. And I remember like 
you know, summer vacations, there's nothing to do. You just go outside and run around with the dogs while dinner's being cooked. Yeah. I remember you would grill in the wintertime, too. Yes. Yep. Which I, is, I turkey breast, turkey boobs. I got got pretty good at that. I remember it'd be like dead of winter. You go out in your yep. hat and gloves I did, and bring uh, in a turkey breast. I did Thanksgiving. <laughs> I did Thanksgiving oh, dinner. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like to cook turkey breasts out on the grill and that's always usually pretty good. I got pretty good at that, but yeah, I really, I do like to barbecue, but I got to be in the mood for it. And it's, you know, charcoal is work. Oh yeah. It needs a constant attention and I've got a really nice Wi-Fi uh, temperature reading that I can, you know, I don't have to actually sit right next to it. All I can do is just look at my phone and it tells that, you that app tells me, yeah, internal temperature so, of the that, meat. That's fucking crazy. It, it's a cheat. I know. It's who, a who cheat. cares, though? I mean, it gets the food done, right? I'm into this uh, barbecue pitmaster show, too. It's, it's on A&E or something. Mm. It's hardcore. And this is one thing I think would be really cool. Let some hacks like me get into competitions like that, but just nothing but hacks, you know, just <laughs> people that are just weekend warriors that with this stuff. Just do it at home. And, and... and let's share, you know, recipes and rubs, which oh, I yeah. think is the big difference. Injections and rubs. And that's the stuff that separates the flavor, you know, and I yeah. hate that oh, flavor profile, but that really is the difference. It is. And I mean, the one thing about, grilling in in particular too is i don't expect a huge amount of crazy flavors with grilling because i'm going to it for the charcoal taste right like of course i want it to taste good but at the same time it's like i i i feel like it's hard to yeah don't overkill it man yeah. let that let nature take its course so to speak yeah it's yeah barbecued meat yeah charcoal but, meat remember that time we went to kansas city and i took you to Oh, what was it? Gates? Gates, yeah. yeah Gates yeah. Barbecue. I love Gates Barbecue. They throw that shit at you on a cookie sheet. And <laughs> what do they say when you walk in? Don't they yell at you? They like yell at you at Gates. They're yeah. like notorious for being rude. <laughs> yeah. Or something like that. That was a rumor, I guess. Oh, uh, yes. I that love Gates Barbecue. Bruce Hornsby concert meal. Oh, man. At the Uptown Theater in Kansas City. That's yes, a gorgeous yes. theater. It too. was That's gorgeous. a very pretty theater. Yes, it was. I was very impressed, actually, by that theater. Yeah. It was in the middle of a weird part of town. Little like, did we know that we went to a Bruce Hornsby concert and we actually went to a Grateful Dead concert remember there was a bunch of dead heads in there because oh, yeah. he had just got done playing with the Grateful Dead that's right yeah and so the spillover with these folks and I'm like wow what did I get my kid into I remember a woman sitting behind me saying this is probably like he's getting such an education by watching this and I just yeah, remember being yeah. really impressed by the you know his musicianship in general he didn't it was miss high. that night. I mean and for a man that has been on tour essentially since like 1970 like or 1978 like you well, know he's he, yeah it's probably 80s, 80s yeah but you're yeah. close but I mean and listen to his new stuff and and to me this is what makes him a true musician he has not regurgitated stuff and just put it out on he has evolved yeah and you know these last two records which he has put out within a year and a half all that stuff was leftover stuff that he did for potential spike lee movies wow and he has made songs he has he's really he's really impressive. really good you know the only thing is he comes to nebraska and he just can't sell a ticket <laughs> he just yeah. they they want to they want to hear those that those old hits that's just the way it is yeah and, and that's not that's not what you're going to get. No, that's one thing I did notice that I do remember from that was he was touring Halcyon Days when we went on yep, that tour. Yep, or which that was, you know. Great record. It's it, a great record. He had a lot of help. Sting came in for a song. Yeah. Elton John played I with him like on that tune. When I look at Eric his discography. Clapton, I think, was on that. I feel like that was that was a major record label's release. I feel like it was one of his last. Like, yeah. Because then that's another thing. He sung, you know, he's got his core crowd. and this latest album that he's got, Non Secure Connection or something like that, mm -hmm. he does a remake of a Leon Russell tune called Anything Can Happen. And I'm telling you, man, it's it's magical. Leon Russell's passed away, but he still has his voice on this. Yeah. Damn, it's good. It just it's really, really good. It's a great rendition of that tune. But no. Yeah, we went to Hornsby, we had Gates. 
Gates before the concert, and then I left my debit card in the ATM machine. That's right. Damn. We made it back to Nebraska without you even noticing. Yeah, well, we that's went how, to go eat so That's like how dis- that's how <laughs> non-essential like debit cards were back then. That's I didn't like have what- a damn card on me. I said, "Shit, what, what, what?" Yeah, yeah, I remember that was hit the Wells Fargo course. I had a panic attack, you know. Well, I mean, back then it's not as easy as calling the bank and canceling your debit cards. Awful. It, you had to go to the bank I went and tell to- them. My debit card is lost. I know. They Speaking didn't... of which, very <laughs> random here. Yeah. When was the last time you went to the bank? Uh, just a couple days ago. Really? Yeah. Wesley, well, I haven't been to the bank because now I can deposit checks. Oh, I do that. Yeah. And I don't deposit checks. There is the no reason for me to go to the bank unless I'm going to get a loan or, you know. Well, I only went because I, I had to deposit cash. Someone paid me back in cash. Okay. But that's the only reason right I would but go. your daily functions you know it's just it's like no it's just cards, really there's cards, no reason cards. to go yeah. anymore there's no reason to take cards most places just take your phone yeah like, yeah like just absolutely well, we go like, get we go get our coffees and all we do is show the the app with the qr code and they shoot at oh, it the starbucks or whatever yeah, yeah, duncan has sco- that too scooters and, here in town God, scooters like, is taking over nebraska god damn hate scooters it's all fucking sugar there's no coffee i swear to god <laughs> i have to get it a triple is a shot. sugar bomb those things yeah like, i get triple <laughs> shots i got a quad shot one time and oh. and man i could what little hair i have i felt it grow that night <laughs> Quad shots puts hair on your chest. Wow, boy, we could talk. We could do another whole show just on coffee. I love coffee. Actually, I was telling someone the story that you told me about coffee, which is how you went to uh, uh, Minneapolis, and it was the dead of winter there, and you had coffee, and that's where you kind of started your. Dude, I got hooked. I got hooked. I mean, because. I have never, well, there's only been a couple times that I've been as cold as what, you know, in in the dead of winter in Minneapolis. It's just, I wasn't ready for that. Right, yeah. I just wasn't ready for that. And there was a little cafe next to the school I was going to. And they had the stiffest damn coffee. And I'd go there in the morning and I went over there just out of necessity, just really to to warm up. Yeah. And before you knew it, I was going in there every day, and then before you know it, I was hooked, and I've had coffee pretty much every morning since then. Yeah. I and Which is a sad commentary. Well, I mean, it's I think it's funny how people, do, like, everyone has their own way of discovering coffee. Yeah. Like, for me, it was similar. I was in... I was a sophomore in college, and I never liked coffee before that much. But you probably needed it to keep going. That was a thing. I was starting to do two, three shows at a time. Yeah, your was schedule doing... was ridiculous, dude. I don't oh, know how you got through that. Well, me neither. <laughs> Drugs. But like, like... I said, was it just coffee? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Are you kidding? Well, you know, Hugh, Hugh Hefner said that Playboy would have never have survived, would have never been what it was if he wasn't hooked on that Dexedrine. He said, "There's oh, no way. Man. There is no way that 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 you could have done this if you didn't have the aid of some." That's the thing, and people wonder why. Like you know, it's kind of like the movie industry. It's like there used to be like stars used to be in like seven or eight movies a year, sometimes Jesus. more. And it's like, well, they were all on fucking drugs. Yeah, like, they're all drugged up in the morning and drugged down at night. Like that's amazing. But no, amazing. coffee though is definitely a thing that I've come to it's just metaphysical anymore it's like i'll make decaf for myself sometimes just to have the taste of coffee really okay oh, yeah. now taste wise I, I, it doesn't drive me to drink it it's, just for the taste it's it's more of a thing of like if i take a few sips of it i'm gonna like feel like satiated like yeah. i've had coffee but i don't want to have the buzz of it yeah but. i gotta find that fine line drink enough coffee to get yourself going but don't drink too much where you get coffee gut, where oh, you're just like, oh, God, now now I've either got to go take a growl or get something to eat. You or, know, it's or, or it's for me, it's I used to suffer from nervous stomach a lot. Oh, so I'll bet. I would have a cup of coffee and then, you know, it's you know, everybody dance now down yeah, there. And here you go. You know, hair on fire. Second class. Like, I'm going to be right back. And then, you know, and then a big, you know, it's terrible at Wesleyan, too, because those halls echo. Oh, so no. if, if you so much as even like think about farting, every classroom knows someone is just yeah having and, the time of their life. In and that if bathroom. you did, everybody looks at the guys. Nobody that. looks at the women when there's a fart. 
It's like, God, what guy did that? Well, I don't, well, I don't live with any girls. Wow, this is, <laughs> we're coming sideways on this, Wesley. This is awful. Leave it to me, you know. It's fine. No. Um, well, we're we're at an hour, so I'm going to wrap Christ. up a little bit. Um, so the last thing I, I ask every guest, it's the clickbait question I do oh, for the show. Oh, clickbait, yes. are, uh, What are your top five out. food loves and top five food hates? Okay. Well, I just tell you right now, my top food of all time is pizza. Really? You're like the fourth person on this show. Uh, you know, that. that's and so funny. You're uh I wouldn't have never guessed. Your Uncle too. Ted, man, he's like, dude, what is it with you and pizza? Because we've got a deal. Whenever we go traveling, we try to find the local pizza joint and and, and do it. Yeah. And we've had some really good pies and we've had some like, wow, wow. Uh yeah, don't go there. I'm still at home struggling with pizza crust. I'm getting closer. I'm getting yeah. closer. But no, pizza's number one. Uh, a good, good steak. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's done, you know, medium or rare, mm-hmm. uh, good Mexican. Uh, it's got, I gotta be in the mood for it. For um, sure. do you have like a, a, spe- like a, like a dish you like in particular? Or does a it good kind of burrito, switch up? Uh, fajitas. Fajitas. <laughs> I, I gotta have those. They're good. They're they really are. they're really good. Yeah. Uh and then okay, uh breaded onion rings. Okay. I don't know what it is. I got to, I'll get a craving for those every now and again. And, you know, probably swinging it back around to to spaghetti, you know, sauce yeah, yeah. or spaghetti pie or whatever. Those oh would my be gosh, my top we didn't even likes. talk about spaghetti pie. I have floated this idea. I'll never do it. But it'd be neat if some place would do like, and I'm finding this on Pinterest. There's a bunch of different spaghetti pie variations. Yeah, I've seen this too. Yeah. And I'm wondering, huh, I wonder if you could just do a thing where all you do is serve spaghetti pie, but in different, but uh, you know. It'd be like spag works, but it would be spaghetti pie works. And so getting back to my bottom five. Yes. Okay. Just for some reason, I just am not a big fish fan. So I just don't eat a lot of fish. yeah. And it could come back to that smelt thing that we did growing up. That that would do it. Ooh, that does not sound good. I have a friend that loves to eat sardines, and I'm just like, oh, oh god. god. Okay, and oysters. I have been told many, many times. Once you get by the texture, the the, the yuck of it, excellent. But I, hate I can't. Them. So I hate that would it. be number two, which is kind of a variation of fish. It's fine. That's um, fine. okra. Uh-uh. Peas? No. <laughs> Do you have a, I have a feeling you have an okra story oh, if you don't like man. okra. <laughs> That's a specific one. <laughs> uh, you know, mom and dad used to cook that. Did they fry know, it? Some, uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. And and dad was big on hominy. He would cook hominy, put it in a pan and like cook that. Like garbanzo beans? Well, it it almost or is like corn. It was almost had oh, okay. a texture hominy. of white oh, I know what you're corn. Talking. Okay, I've seen that. Okay, it comes in a can. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. he loved hominy. That's funny. Um, so, yeah, those would kind of be my, you know, just my dislikes. I yeah, just, yeah. But, man, these this cream pea stuff, man, which rears its ugly head on the holidays. It's, oh, God. Creamed peas? Creamed peas. Who makes this? It's awful. <laughs> It's, I lo- that's- <laughs> it's so bad you said that just like me and that's that's awful <laughs> it is it's terrible i, I never I liked can't even i can't I never, even smell them i never liked peas anyway no peas or no we didn't give you guys a lot of veggies growing up but yeah so yeah that'd be my bottom you know which yeah. would explain why i'm such a big tub of goo i don't eat enough veggies don't eat enough fish but uh by god you you know put a steak in front of me and i'll gobble that down no. or pizza but yeah pizza is my That's my funny. all time and we've had some really good pizza yeah um, we went up to estes park and there was a pizza place up there it was so good and and then there's a, also a place in kansas city called minsky's you can go watch husker football there i've heard of that place we went in there one time for for husker football and they've got a pizza i swear to god it looks like a tractor tire oh it's so damn huge it's like that's a damn $75 pizza. But you've got to have at least a dozen people in there to eat off that or you'll yeah. never get it finished. But So, yeah, that's, that's that deal. Nice, nice. 
Anything else you wanted to talk about? Not really. Or? I think this has been kind of fun. I mean, oh, I knew, yeah. I I knew you were time. into food, and I knew that you, that, like I said, I thought there was one time we started looking around. Your mother and I were discussing. It was like, man, we might have to send. It was like in Denver. I think there was a culinary school there's in like, Denver. The, yeah, she's there's like, like a culinary program yeah. for high school students. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, but you the, know, things turn out the way they turn out. The and theater bug caught me instead. Yes, it, and when it, man, you got <laughs> bit by that bug, and wow, it bit you hard. Yeah, and really then I, I came out of it pretty hard, too. It's just well, like, and I'm done with that. You know, like, you live to tell about it. You know, that's the thing. It's a great time. It just wasn't, I'm not built for that. I well, do and you know, you got to do what you love to do, Wesley. That's yeah. what we've always told you guys. I mean, because if you don't, life is just... What's you know? You know, people treat life like there's another one at the bank. You know, it's like you get one, you yeah. just get one. And I, that's something I've thought a lot about recently too. It's just like you know, it's uh, given everything that's going on in the world right now and just oh, the no craziness shit. of it all. It's like you know, it's you just gotta make meaning out of what yep. you can and you yep. know what's important. And I hope we come out of this with that think, realization too. You know? I hope so just too. as a society. You know, it's like, folks, come on, man. Yeah. You know, it, we just don't, we don't have enough time here to, you know, beat, beat each other up and, petty, yeah. and destroy shit. And it's like, let's try to figure this out and try to get along and move forward. It just, as an older individual, it just scares the shit out of me. And your attitude about it, Wesley, I wish I could adopt that you know it's like hey man we we've seen this before which you're right i mean i don't know if we've seen it to this level but my god you know that's a good i mean who knows because it's you know again it just goes back to what do we know as truth from the press and what do we know as untruth so all we need to do is just sit down decades worth of that order a pizza (laughs) pizza's a great equalizer i'll give you that coke i give you that (laughs) pizza (laughs) brings us all together I'd like to thank my dad, Steve, for being on this show. If you'd like to support this show, don't forget to subscribe and please give the show a rating on your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at gfbf at arcadiapodcastnetwork.com. I hope you join me next week for another episode of Good Food for Bad Friends from the Arcadia Podcast Network.